I'm Kimberly Amici. Welcome to the Build Your Best Family podcast. This is a practical show to help you imagine, plan, and build your best family. We believe that the secret to having a happy family is not being perfect, but having purpose. Each week, I'll be sharing with you lessons I've learned and conversations I've had that will help you become who you want to be together. Paul writes in his letter to the Galatians that one of the most significant traits of a Christian is that they are growing in the fruit of the Spirit. This fruit includes love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, generosity, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Sounds like amazing traits, right? I agree with Paul 100% when he says that they're pretty hard to cultivate apart from Christ. After years of being in children's ministry, this week's guest, Christy Thomas, found that flannel boards, cute fruits, and memorizing the fruit list alone wasn't helping kids grow. There was something missing. And as a result, she wrote the devotion, Fruitful. It's a kid-friendly approach to abiding in Christ that helps families focus on how Jesus lived out the fruit of the Spirit. In our conversation, we talked about how practical and easy her devotional is to use. Not only that, we talked about how we can grow in the fruit of the Spirit alongside our kids, even if we're struggling with it ourselves. Welcome, Christy. It is fantastic to have you on the podcast today. Thanks for having me. You are a repeat guest. Um, You were with us a while back. I guess it's been a really long time. Whereas we were talking, I didn't, I don't think I realized it was as long ago as it was. Um, And of course, I'll link to your episode the first time you were on in the show notes, but you were talking to us about Quinn's Promise Rock, Mm -hmm. which was about anxiety um, Mm -hmm. that children experience and dealing with that and fear and just learning how to take our thoughts captive. Correct. Do I remember that correctly? I sure do. Yeah. <laughs> that was a while ago, but yes, yeah, yeah. Still fresh um, and so back when you were with us the first time, I can't believe it, but I wasn't asking this question. So this is a fresh new question for you, even though you've been here before. And that's a question that we ask all of our guests. And that is, what is your family known for? Such a good question. Um, I would say that our family is probably known for doing things together. It's <laughs> Maybe it sounds a little odd, but actually since the last time I was on, we started homeschooling. Uh, So that's one of the ways that we're doing things together now. Mm -hmm. But also we don't, at least at this point, our oldest is not quite 13 yet. So we haven't split out into all our various interests yet. We try Mm -hmm. to, I try to really curate things where we can do them together, ways where we can serve together. You know, we go to church together. We, yeah. We do art together. We so I try to find things that we can enjoy together. Um, even we were doing sports together for a little while. Uh, personally, it's just partly for my own sanity because I don't want to be <laughs> driving around everywhere if I don't have to. But also just because I really believe that my boys are going to be friends for life. So I want to cultivate that and fi- mm-hmm. help them find some things that they like to do together. Now they don't all like the sports classes that I put them in. <laughs> And they didn't all love last week when we went to go serve at the food bank. One of them was like, this is so boring. (laughs) But I think it was really valuable for us to do that together. And also for me to be able to see their reaction and to be able to maybe coach them through that and Mm -hmm. help them with those issues as they come up. So I just love being able to do things together. I like hanging out with my kids, which maybe is a little bit different. (laughs) Most people (laughs) maybe need a break from their kids, but I really enjoy um, just being with my kids mostly. Yeah. No, I love that. I mean, we do a lot of things together too. And I feel like you're setting a incredible foundation because as they get older and even if their interests diverge, diver- diverge, right. That's the word. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, like they'll, they'll support one another 
and they'll be there for one another. Even if that's not their thing, they will learn to be there for one another in those areas that they have interest in. So I think that's great. Yeah, that's what I hope for anyway. And I mean, yeah. I know that as they get older and I'm quite open to them doing the things that they want mm-hmm. to do <laughs> instead mm-hmm. of the things yeah. that we all want to try to do. I just, you know, as they were younger until now, yeah, this was a good fit for us. So we'll see. We'll, we'll, yeah. We're open to continuously changing, but both my husband and I are quite introverted as well. So the thought of being out every night running around to different things just makes us go, ah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I can imagine. All right. So tell us about your new book. It's called Fruitful. It's a hundred family experiences for growing in the fruit of the spirit. I want to hear all about it and what prompted you to write it. Well, I spent quite a few years in children's ministry as the children's ministry director at my church for more than 10 years and then volunteering before that. So I spent a lot of time, you know, the fruit of the spirit comes up quite consistently in children's ministry because it's kind of a fun thing to do. We have cute fruits. We can dress up. We can use puppets. We've got lots of fun visuals with fruit. But I realized uh, that wasn't quite clicking with the kids. And it took me a long time to figure out what was going on. And I realized it was because the fruit of the spirit is actually really abstract as a concept and young kids, especially don't really understand abstract concepts for the most part. God just has, hasn't made their brains to think like that yet. Right. They're really concrete. So we're saying a piece is like a peach and they're like, really? okay, sure. Or joy is like a banana. because yeah. <laughs> It looks like a smile. And we're like, all right. Oh my God. So it either confuses kids um, because they just can't really think concretely. And then I think it's because it doesn't quite click with them that we end up turning it into a moral lesson for kids. So we end up giving them legalism instead of giving them the gospel. Mm. The approach in the book is that we grow in the fruit of the spirit, mostly just through abiding in Christ. So there's kind of this um, spectrum <clears throat> on the one end of the spectrum. We have these kids or these people that are like, well, I'm just going to strive. I'm going to do better. I'm going to grow in love. I'm going to be a kinder person. I'm going to be gentler. And we're just doing it all on their own. And that's just self-help. And there is no true transformation in any of that. And on the other hand, we have the, I'm just not going to do anything because God's going to grow all this fruit in me without me doing anything. But in the middle, God is saying, okay, so they're both wrong. (laughs) And I, it's probably closer to the God is doing the work in me, but here's what I'm going to do. God says, he says, okay, you want to grow in patience. I'm going to throw you into situations where you're going to need patience and you are going to have to rely on me. You're going to have to connect with me daily. You're going to have to cultivate the relationship with me so that when it comes time for you to have patience, you're going to have this well of patience from me to draw from, and it's going to look like beautiful fruit in your life. So, um, In the book, we just spend that time with Jesus because the Bible says we can't bear fruit without Christ. Mm -hmm. He says, you know, I'm the vine, you are the branches. Without me, you can bear no fruit. So how can we expect to bear good fruit without him? So in the book, we see how he shows love and how he talks about love. And then instead of striving harder to practice love, we're going to fill up with the love of Jesus intentionally. That's our job is to fill up with his love and then let it grow the fruit of love in us. Mm-hmm. Like real fruit, like a tree, right? If you imagine, how could I get an apple tree to grow more fruit? You don't say, okay, apple tree, I want to see more buds on that tree next year. 
go, go, go. <laughs> Instead, you need to make sure that it's fertilized. You have to make sure, you know, if there's huge trees around it that are shading it out, you need to cut those down or trim them back. You need to make sure that it's getting the water that it needs. Um, and then out of that, then it's going to be able to bear more fruit. So that's our job in this fruit of the spirit. Our job is to cultivate our, our relationship with God. Mm-hmm. And make sure that we are connected to the vine. And then he is going to do the hardest work of transformation. He's going to grow that fruit in us. Mm-hmm. So in the, in the book, are you, do you concentrate on um, each of the different types of fruit? I mean, you do, it's not just about like, and it's just not another devotional. Yeah. So each there's uh, 10 sections of 10 devotions each. And then the first one kind of talks about, it's still a little bit more metaphorical. Um, Mm -hmm. If you have like three-year-olds, I'd probably skip the first section, (laughs) but we're talking about like Jesus being the light of the world. Like what are the things that trees need in order to grow? They need light. Mm -hmm. So Jesus is Mm -hmm. the light of the world. They they need water. Jesus talks about living water. They need to have their roots growing deep. The Bible talks about our roots growing deep into God's love and keeping us strong. So those things. And then we talk Then we get into the more concrete. So then we go into the love section. Well, how does Jesus show love? Mm -hmm. You know, in the parable of the prodigal son, he's talking about the father rushing out with his cloak flapping and his sandals rustling up dust. And that's how Jesus shows love. And he shows love by loving the unlovable, forgiving Mm -hmm. the unforgivable. And so that's how we see Jesus showing love. And then how do we see Jesus showing joy? Um, even as, as he's walking to the Mount of Olives to pray before his arrest, he's showing joy. And how is he showing patience with his disciples? And how does he show that same patience with us? So that's kind of how it's laid out. Oh, I love that. Like you said, it's, it's hard for them to grasp these concepts unless we make it real and practical and lay it all out for them. Really. And Mm -hmm. I think even us as grownups need that too. I feel like for so long, um, you know, they would say, you got to get in the word every day. And I'm like, what does that mean? Like, (laughs) okay, I read it, but what does that mean? Like, (laughs) yeah, exactly. There's more, maybe more to it than that. Yeah, I know. I know. And And I'm sort of like, give me the steps, you know, like, but (laughs) I think that there is, you know, that kind of has transformed my life as I talk to other people and I get a sense of what they do and how they connect with God and what their morning routine looks like. And I'll pick and choose and I'll change it up in every season, but like understanding some of the practical stuff instead of just, oh yeah, love. Like, you know what love means? Just, just go do it. You know, yeah, yeah. I, <laughs> no, I don't know. What don't it means. know. <laughs> Clearly the I'm world doesn't learning. know what it means. Yeah. I mean, I'm still love. learning. Yeah. In my marriage, I'm still learning what that means, you know? So I love that. So tell me a little bit about, um, like there's a section that's hands-on growth activities. Talk to us about what those look like and why those are so helpful. Sure. Well, I mean, the book is kind of a traditional devotional book in, in some ways. I mean, you can pick it up and you can read a Bible verse and then you can read a little teaching section. And then there's a discussion question and a prayer. Mm -hmm. So originally when I was writing it, I was thinking, Oh, I want to add these like little hands-on activities at the bottom of each one. And then we thought, you know what, that's going to make it feel a little bit too overwhelming for families, which is exactly what I didn't want. I want you to know that you can do this in five minutes (laughs) and it's not going to, you know, be some big, hairy, scary thing that you have to try and fit into your day. So instead we put several activities at the beginning of each section. So if you look at the beginning of the love section or joy section, there's these little activities that you can just skim through and 
try a new one each day, or you could pack a few together in one day. Yesterday, I did it like three of them at one time with my kids because I had time. Mm-hmm. Um, just to kind of help your our kids. Some of our kids are going to listen really well and they're going to get things by these, you know, word pictures and that's going to help them learn. But some of our kids need to draw a prayer for God or they need to write something out or they need to use their imaginations or <clears throat> they need to play through the scripture. So, for example, my family, we're rereading it now. Um, we are on the love section. So in the love section, we one of the things that I suggest is reading first John three, one, which talks about the amazing love that God lavishes on us. And then we talk about what does the word lavish mean? I mean, imagine, close your eyes, imagining I'm lavishing icing on a cake. Should I just put it on a teeny little bit? Well, that's not what the word lavish means, does it? It means just putting on this like extravagant, generous layer. Mm-hmm. So, and, and, and <laughs> I, pretend that I'm putting icing on my kids. <laughs> I'm lavishing on you. And then, you know, if you wanted to play it. So here's an you here's an example of how you could just pull this into your everyday life. It says make cookies and lavish on the icing. So that's just something you could do if you're already making cookies in your week. You say, oh, let's make icing for them and lavish them on and kind of bring in mm-hmm, that idea. Mm-hmm. Um you can make up a love song for God. So for kids who really love music, you can add that one in. Okay, let's make up a love song for God this week. Or you can just shout, I love you really loud. That's kind of fun, right? Write a love letter to God. I've got some breath prayers in there. Um, Yeah, so they're basically just really simple ideas. Most of them, except for the, you know, making cookies one is just like, you could just open it up and go, okay, we're going to do that one right now. Yeah. So yeah, it sounds like it really simplifies it for parents because I do think that kids learn when they walk through an object lesson, I, f- I feel like my kids mm-hmm. remember those things that we did with them. Um, and, but you make it easy. Cause like trying to figure out and come up with that stuff on your own or like wait for that perfect teachable moment. I mean, I know it doesn't <laughs> work. <laughs> yeah. So now what encouragement do you have for parents who struggle with the fruits of the, the spirit themselves? Um, you know, like I think of, my kids are getting older now and they're, they're, they're not shy when it comes to calling me out on stuff. <laughs> and so in some ways, I know I just got I know that I'm perfect. I ask for forgiveness uh, or I let them know that I'm not perfect, but I get discouraged. Meaning like, wh- why am I keep telling them to do this when I can't even do this or I'm struggling with this? Well, I think you really hit the nail on the head there. Just being open with them. I really, just last night, my son and I were praying together and we've got to this confession part and I just had to confess that I hadn't been spending as much time in prayer as I wanted to with my, with God. And so then my son just prayed for me and he says, God, please help mom remember to pray. Mm-hmm. But then a couple of days ago, he said, mom, I've seen you be growing in patience recently. And I'm like, wow, <laughs> well, that's good. Wow. But you know what that means is that means there was a time and he's almost 13 when he didn't see me patient. <laughs> <laughs> if he's seeing me growing impatience, he's seen a lot of impatience in me as well. So I think it's okay just to be honest with our kids. And I'm so sorry. I am still growing. You feel free to call me out and um, and just know that this is real and that mommy is asking Jesus for help <laughs> and that you can too. I don't, I don't think that's minimizing it at all. Just being honest with our kids. Yes, I am asking you to, to be patient. I think that's it can feel hypocritical at times, right? When we're saying to our kids, well, you need to be more patient. And they're like, well, you're not patient, mom. (laughs) 
Um, but just, I think when you're, when you're honest with your kids and you're saying, I screwed up, I am impatient too. I know I'm asking you to do something that I'm not doing very well on my own. Can we talk to God together about this? Can you pray for me? Because mm-hmm. our kids don't always have to pray for themselves and we don't always have to pray our, for ourselves. We can enlist our kids to pray for us. And I have asked my kids to pray for me before and seen amazing things happen. Um, on a somewhat related note, I had this huge like website issue once that I, I figured out just like I hadn't figured it out or realized it right before I was about to tuck my seven-year-old in. And I was just like, I'm sorry, I'm not, my brain's not really here right now, buddy. <laughs> Cause I have this big issue that I have no idea where to even start solving, but I'm kind of doing it in my brain right now anyway. Mm-hmm. So can you pray for me? And he prayed and I could do not half an hour later. I had this impossible problem solved. Oh, that's great. It was I was, I've had that experience too when my kids are younger, but I think I've forgotten about it. I think I've forgotten to tap into that principle, you Mm -hmm. know, especially when they have that childlike faith. Yeah, exactly. Why not ask them? I mean, it shows them that their prayers are listened to by God. Mm -hmm. You know, if, if they're praying for you for patience, or maybe they're praying for you for joy and then say, Hey, if you see me being more patient or more joyful, let me know. Because <laughs> sometimes I don't always see those things. Maybe you can't have a two-year-old, you know, conversation with a two-year-old like yeah. that. But you can with a five-year-old, you can with a 12-year-old or a 16-year-old. Mm-hmm. They're they're going to want to pray for you and they want to see you be more joyful and and patient because it bodes well for them, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's good. And I think like uh, this idea of being hypocritical, I think the difference between being hypocritical um, and not is just humility, right? Yeah. I mean, to just recognize that I'm not, that I'm not getting this right. And then I'm not expecting you to do something that I'm not willing to work on myself. Right. Yes, exactly. Yeah. What? And we can be clear too, with our kids that everybody has something that they're going to struggle with. That's important for us as we're looking around at other people too. Everybody has something that they're struggling with right now. Mm-hmm. So just because mm-hmm. I'm an adult doesn't mean I'm not struggling with something. So oh, yeah. maybe I'm struggling with gentleness and that is coming out on you. And I'm so sorry. So mm-hmm. you need to pray for me in that. And maybe daddy is struggling with self-control. Maybe you could pray for him in that. And maybe you're struggling with, I don't know, one of the other ones. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> uh, love. So, yeah. Yeah. And what I love about um, this book and this devotional for kids is that it gives them language around what they need from us and what they're yeah. developing in them. You know, they're able to say, they're able to recognize, oh, wow, mom, you're, you're so patient. Like you're growing in your patience. I mean, how else would they ever have language unless we give it to them? And mm-hmm. so I think it's really, really powerful, both on, on the family as a whole, but them individually as well. Yeah, for sure. I agree. And it's really so amazing for our kids to be able to see us growing as well as mm-hmm. them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Can you, before, as we wrap up, can you give us an example of how, of something, a story or something that you've seen in your family um, where you feel like this work has paid off and you've seen a change? Well, actually it goes back to our previous podcast conversation. And one of my sons had a lot of anxiety for the first several years of his life. It was a big deal. And I, I know that he still has that because sometimes he has insomnia, he can't sleep. He And it's because of that, but we've had Mm -hmm. so many conversations and I've seen him grow so much in, in his own peace that's coming from God, Mm -hmm. but also as a result of that, he's becoming more gentle and kind because I know Mm -hmm. that, you know, when I'm feeling really anxious, I have a really low threshold for people, (laughs) you know, and I'm, I'm going to lash out more verbally. 
I'm going to, oh, I'm going to throw something, <laughs> right? If I'm really anxious all the time. And I noticed that in him that for a long time, he was, you know, maybe not being very gentle with his brothers, with his younger brothers or not mm-hmm. being kind. And so mm-hmm. as a result of growing in his peace, he's also growing in gentleness and kindness. And he's, because we're talking about these things and he's, he's learning slowly. I mean, he's not perfect, right? He's 12 and a half year old boy. <laughs> um, but I've definitely seen huge changes in him in this, as we continue to pray about it on an almost nightly basis. Mm-hmm. Um, it's having these other dividends, you know, as we're praying about peace, other things are happening. And then as we're praying about gentleness, these other things are happening as well. Yeah, that's good. And that's a good point to bring up. Like they do, relate to one another, that as you grow in one, you can't help but grow in some of the other things. And mm-hmm. so I think that's really, <clears throat> that's really encouraging because I feel like, you know, the fruits of the spirit, you have this list and it's like, I got to get all these right. <laughs> but if, <laughs> but if you can start to see change in, you know, one or two areas, uh, it's encouraging to know it'll trickle into other areas. I mean, I think that you still have to do the work. Um, but God is good. And it's so powerful for us to just start to develop what we need where we are right now. Yeah. And what you were saying too, about having to get all those things perfect. I mean, that is, that's the opposite of what Paul was trying to get at in Galatians. I mean, he's, he's writing this letter to the Galatians telling them, there's all these people who are coming in and telling you things you have to do to be a Christian. You have to get circumcised. You have to follow the Jewish laws. And he's saying, no, what is the mark of a Christian? It's not circumcision. It's not following dietary laws. Right. It is somebody who's growing in these fruits. Now, mm-hmm. it doesn't say somebody who is perfect in these fruits, <laughs> somebody who is growing them. Yeah. No, that's good. Right. Because it's never, never quite done. You know, like that's where the life is, is in the growth process. And that is where the goodness is. There All is. right. Well, thank you so much for being with us today and sharing with us about your new book. Oh, thanks so much for having me on again. You can find Christy at littleshootsdeeproots.com. She's on Facebook as Christy Thomas Little Shoots. She's on Instagram as Little Shoots Deep Roots. You can find all of this plus where you can find her new devotional, Fruitful, in the show notes. If you want to dig deeper into what we talk about on the podcast each week, check out the Build Your Best Family Facebook group. It's where we hang out with some fabulous women and we practice what we've learned. There's also encouragement, group coaching, and incredible resources there too. Remember, family culture is not about perfect. It's about purpose.